0: Baby you're a song you make me wanna roll my windows
1: down.
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the number one Country SmackDown podcast. This is the podcast where we evaluate the trends and evolution of country music throughout the decades by putting two number one smash hit songs head to head, sometimes three, sometimes three, in a Country SmackDown. The catch is one of the songs is from this decade, 2010 to the present. And the other song is from the same week, month, and year of a previous decade. That is the number one country smackdown premise. And I am joined, as always, by my favorite podcast co-host, Mr. Andrew Baker. How are you today, sir? What's up? How we doing? I am good, and I'm glad you brought up three. Because today, I mean, we got three. And we'll get to the story on that here in just a second. But, man, I'm glad that you're doing good. Holidays are good and all that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, you know, ready to put it behind me and move on. Yes. Just it's back to normal. Not my favorite time of year, but, you know, get the tree out of
2: the living room and
0: merry merry and all that.
2: Change the the radio stations back to the normal ones. Oh, yes. Yes. You get the same 11 Christmas songs playing over and over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all good though and all their ver- variations and different artists that have done the same songs over and over again there it's, you go it's a weird kind of insanity this time of year there you go
2: well episode six I mean Tyler our, our guest he uh, definitely was partial to big green tractor and I was surprised in fact you predicted that uh the the interview guest would like the get up just because of from a non-country listener. You assumed that they would like uh, the get up and you sir were incorrect but here's the thing um it's the
0: first time for everything
2: yep his it was nostalgia that got him because once big green tractor came on he was like oh i know this song and it connected with some memories and whatnot so anyway um so uh, yeah anyway uh that's that what uh what are we listening to this week i got a good story Um, somebody actually interacted with the podcast, which I love. Thank you (laughs) listeners when you interact. So a friend of mine, uh, pastor Chris here in town, uh, reached out and was like, dude, I was listening to the podcast and you'd mentioned, um, in episode six, the, you know, if, if listeners have any suggestions to just let you know, and you'll look into it. And so, uh. He did. He told me to hit up his buddy, Jackson Mickelson is the name. He's an artist on Curb Records now, but he's out of Corvallis, Oregon. For those of you that are listening, we are in uh, Eugene, Oregon. Oregon's on the west coast of the United States, for all you (laughs) people that are downloading in Indonesia.
0: The part that's not California. Right, right. And so
2: uh, there's a uh, medium-sized town, maybe some of you might consider it small, but... um, in, in kind of the central coast, I don't know how you describe Oregon, people who aren't familiar. There's a city called Corvallis. Uh, it's a university town, Oregon State University is there. And there's uh, an artist out of Corvallis, Oregon in Nashville now named Jackson Mickelson. And uh, my buddy, Pastor Chris knows him. And so he was like, hey, check out my buddy. His music's pretty good. And um, uh, he is... I learned later that he is a uh, younger stepbrother of an artist that you and I both really liked in the early and mid-2000s named Paul Wright. Remember Paul Wright? Paulie Paul, yep. Yeah. Uh, In fact, Flip Flops uh, and, you know, I probably think of many other songs were just so good. Um, But anyway, uh, so he's the younger brother of Paul Wright and uh, threw his hat in the country music arena. So, uh, Chris, this one is for you. And I appreciate you writing in and letting me know. Actually, you told me you wrote, and we talked in person. Anyway, but I got to say, it's good. Like, uh, by good, I mean it's well-made. It's it's clean. It's crisp. But it's not my flavor. It's definitely really hard into the pop world. Um, the, you know, songs are all major key, but definitely tons of digital production. And, um, it's not what I would call country by any means. Well, okay. As I was thinking about it, here's what I thought of. You know, like people joke about um, uh, seltzer water being like, you know, water, like
0: tonic water that was sitting next to a soda
2: truck or like, you know, stuff. Have you heard jokes like that?
0: Uh, the, the one that I'm most familiar with is is that it, um, like it tastes like someone yelled the name of the flavor from another room. Yes. There you go. There you go. So like, you know,
2: Jackson Mickelson is to country music as seltzer water is to pop. Soda pop. Oh. Are you tracking with me? Okay, I got it. Does that make sense? So anyway, not saying, Chris, uh, Pastor, I know you're going to listen. I don't want to offend you. Uh, Your buddy Jackson, he's probably listening along with the you know 30s of other people that listen (laughs) to all of our episodes. Um, Don't want to offend him saying his music is bad. It's just not my flavor. But let me show you a clip of one that stood out to me. Now, here's the thing. I actually went back through his entire catalog, and the only one that really stood out to me, like, yeah, I kind of like that, was actually like the first song he ever put out in 2015. Or 14, wow. 2014. Everything else are not my favorite as much as this one. And so uh, uh, this one's called The Good Life. And the reason I picked it is because um, I'm a sucker for songs like this. In particular, like, you know, that Caribbean beach kind of sound and things. And so as I was hearing the lyrics, I was like, "Huh, yeah, I like that. that like that, like, like a Kenny Chesney vibe. You know, I like some Kenny Chesney. Yeah, I know you do. Especially the beach ones. Anyway, yep. here's, here's uh, The Good Life by Jackson Mickelson. I want to go on a permanent vacation South through the Florida Keys Set my sails where the facts are fiction Yeah, this sounds good to me And I want to live like one of the locals There is an acoustic
0: guitar the beach. No plans, I, I, I kind of like the voice yeah, uh, I think the, the stomp clap thing is not, not country sunshine. and doesn't fit in... You know, at least my version of that. I agree. I don't like that. It's it's like uh, an alternate version of the snap track.
2: Yes. And as the song goes and even gets to the end, it's like it fades out the digital percussion in exchange for an acoustic
0: drum set. I'm getting uh, a mild Sunny Ledford vibe. Uh, uh, like, like in his voice a little bit? Maybe
2: a little bit. As I listened to a bunch of his stuff, and especially when it gets to the choruses, it actually sounds a lot like Love and Theft. You remember Love and Theft?
0: Uh, I loved that one album.
2: Yes, me too. They had two good ones, but especially the one... no,
0: no, no. I'm thinking Lost Trailers, not Love and Theft.
2: Well, this does not sound like Lost Trailers, but that Lost Trailers (laughs) album was great, by the way. That should be my What Are You Listening To is Lost Trailers. Anyway, um... This is Jackson Mickelson. Uh, It's uh, 2014 and just released this song, but he does have an album that came out uh, here in 2018 or 19, and his new single is called Stay Over. And if you guys like, for you listeners, if you like um, major key, upbeat, very heavy towards the pop side of country, and I use country loosely in this case, uh, then check them out because it's not bad. It's just not my cup of tea. You guys know what sure. I like. We're seven episodes in here. You know my tastes and preferences well. I surprise you every now and again, but once in a uh, while. Yeah. So anyway, that's Jackson Mickelson. That's my what are you listening to this week for my friend Pastor Chris. And like we said in episode six, if you've got something you want us to check out, send it over, and we'll be happy to uh, give her give her a spin. Um. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Cool. Yeah, about, and
0: and you know I've I've seen. Uh, Jackson Mickelson's name Attached to you know some of the festivals And stuff so good on him for You know getting Oregon out there Yeah but uh, Yeah probably not anything I would listen to on Purpose right all right Uh, What did you bring to the table today Well uh, I think we We kind of alluded to This one on the last episode And I was kind of caught Between uh, a little bit of a Toss-up between uh, Papa's truck and a uh, song off the new Lady Antebellum record, so... They couldn't be more different. Yeah, uh, very true. But very man, true. I love both of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they both kind of tug at the heartstrings a little bit. but In just different ways. Definitely in different ways. Um, but uh, so so based off of that, for, for this one, we're going with uh, Let It Be Love off the new Lady A album. Here it is. nice piano mm-hmm. you know you know it's gonna be emotional when you hear that piano I
2: love Hillary Scott's vocal mm-hmm. she's so smooth she doesn't scream
0: it's just so pleasant to listen to mm-hmm. there, there's like a, a sweetness to it yep and you know say what you want about like their career to this point but like Charles Kelly Love the dude as a vocalist. Agreed.
2: Yeah. And his gritty, soulful voice with her smooth, sweet voice, just they blend perfectly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just I really appreciate like the the maturity of the new album. It's it's a lot of like real life type stuff. Yeah. That's, you know, maybe not not geared necessarily towards your average radio listener. Yeah. I think it's it, it shows the, the age and the growth throughout their career.
2: Yeah. We had mentioned when we were just chatting briefly about him in the previous episode how much we liked, loved the first album, liked the second one, and then it just kind of went downhill from there. Yep. Um, the first two were just kind of fun. But then they got into the weird, like let's go downtown and drink songs, and it was just like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't.
0: I I get think into that that, uh, that Ocean could actually give a run for the debut, uh, give the debut album a run for its money as their best. Yeah, I definitely agree. I love it. It could also be where I'm at in life
2: that I just resonated yep. with yep. so many of the songs. Like, yep. yeah, they were so good uh
0: it's man. like we've we've grown up together with them and now here we are on now we're all old we're all on ocean now so. yeah yeah totally we're all old and uh yeah
2: um i'm glad you brought that over thanks for sharing uh, uh let it be loved by lady Ann bellum so seriously listeners uh, check out lady a's new album ocean it's it's, it's great if it you ever just really want to like
0: go for a drive in the country by yourself and an ugly cry while you're singing you know this is the album for that
2: agreed totally That's good. Well, my friend, let's get into the number one country smackdown. Smackdown. Boom. We are going to June of 2012 and 2002. Now, here's the thing. You so graciously put together the most amazing spreadsheet chart for us to work off of from the Billboard Hot Country charts, every number one for three decades straight. Which
0: which we're on the verge of having to cut a year off of this thing and... and you yeah, bump it ahead yeah which is crazy you're gonna to have to say 2011 or something yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll have a new decade anyway
2: um so as we were looking at the two that we wanted to do which in june 2012 the title of this episode was the king the chief and the mullet right we wanted to do some Eric Which Church. should
0: be a dead giveaway
2: you would think but... listeners write in and let us know if you knew who those were because it definitely i mean there were a lot of mullets but there's one. There was only one that was the mullet. Yeah, yeah. Like and the, the king like and the, the chief dude, is clear.
0: The dude even later in his career did a song called I Want My Mullet Back. I saw that in researching for this episode.
2: <laughs> so we were looking at uh, Eric Church Springsteen from June of 2012 up against George Strait, uh, living and living well from June of 2002. But then we looked like, what will the honorable mention be? And we we're like, oh, my gosh. It's achy, breaky heart. We can't not do three songs instead of two. Yeah, so. well,
0: and and in addition to that, it tied back to the previous episode when we talked about the get-up. Yes. And there was there was a quote from Blanco Brown about Achy Breaky, and it just all tied right. together. It just tied together. Was like, Synergy, you Just know. have to do
2: it. So instead of Achy Breaky Heart being mentioned later in the show as an honorable mention, we just put it right up there. With three songs this time. Just like we did on Ladies Night. Because, heck, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. Yep. Don't tell us what to do. But I think after uh, this one, we'll probably go back to just a two-song format with an honorable mention. Unless you tell us otherwise. Like, you can write in and let us know on the uh, Country Smackdown Facebook page that you want more songs. Because an hour is not enough. (laughs) You know? Whatever. I mean, it's a case-by-case basis. It just depends on the strength of the songs. There you go. And our commentary. Our insightful Brilliant commentary. So, let's get into it. June 2012. One of my favorite artists from the last decade and early part of this decade, um, Eric Church. This uh, this song, it was a two-week number one. It was the third single off of his third album, Chief. I loved that album. I liked the album before that one. Uh, what was that called? Carolina. Carolina. I liked it and I loved the debut album and out uh, after chief was outsiders i hated it i just didn't like it at all after that was mr misunderstood is that right is that
0: right is mr misunderstood after outsiders yeah that And i didn't right. like that one and there there was the live album in between there oh yeah
2: which was good caught in the act i yeah. believe i liked that a lot mm-hmm. i liked live albums yep um and then now we're on to desperate man which i don't like either so it's been 3 in a row of his that going from one of my most favorite passionate love the dude to just like three albums in a row i can't get down with mm. anyway so this song two week number one it was written by here's the catch here it was written by eric church and his most frequent co-writer who also plays in the band jeff hyde and we've mentioned this before jeff hyde is the brother of my closest friend from the military his name is jason jason if you're listening love you dude um and we got a connection you know we've hung out with them a couple times uh, when Eric early on came for some shows here in Oregon, we would go and hang out, which was awesome. Yeah, and another random dude Ryan Tyndall. Do you know anything about Ryan Tyndall?
0: Uh, you know, I've I've seen his name on in some album credits here yep. and
2: there. Same. Um, I nothing... think it's a person that Jeff Hyde writes with. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I've seen the name. Um, this was his second number one single. The first number one single was "Drink in My Hand." I like that song too. Um, this song took over number one from Good Girl by Carrie Underwood. I don't even remember that song. Nothing here. Yeah. Nope. Uh, and it was replaced by Drunk On You by Luke Bryan.
0: Again, nothing. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't remember if that's before Luke Bryan turned really just unlikable or...
0: Yeah. <sighs> Well, that would have been, what, after the first or second Spring Break EP. Yeah. Like, I mean, he had one good album, really. Yeah. Those first few Spring Break EPs were great. I liked them a lot. And then he started doing, uh, like, One Republic covers. and
2: Yes. All right. Um, Springsteen, I got a quote here. It was received with critical acclaim for its melody and strong lyrics, making it one of the top country songs of 2012. It was certified platinum twice, double platinum, and nominated for two Grammys.
0: It didn't win. Now. Also nominated for the ACM Song of the Year and did not win.
2: Yeah. When we were talking about this, though, you asked the big question, the million dollar <laughs> question. And it, do you remember what the question is? But is it country? But is it country? So uh, that that is the question. Let's listen to it then and um, see if we get uh, some insight into is it country. Ready? Cue it up. Got some acoustic guitar. Got some acoustic drums. Got some piano. And some bass. Now, something I want to point out,
0: that, like, garage, like, first act drum kit sound that you're getting there, (laughs) and the... Yeah, and, and that simple strumming electric guitar that's that's repeating in the background there. <laughs> yep, it's called a staccato rhythm. When you just put those two things together, I hear Weezer. You know, if there wasn't vocals going right now, I could hear that. Yeah, yeah. like I put on headphones to really like dig into the sound of the song, and I'm like, that sounds like Weezer to me. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have come up with that
2: myself. That's why you're on the show, to provide the insight. Um, yeah. So if we're talking about traditional structure or instrumentalism of country music, I'm not sure if this qualifies either. But if a if a cred-worthy artist who had done country-sounding stuff prior to then does this, that I mean it's a country artist, so does it not count as country?
0: <laughs> yeah, we're opening Pandora's box with that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I I will point out uh, another quote uh, that I read. Um, I think it was from yeah, it was from Saving Country Music. Oh, okay. Actually, um, and this was was the initial review right when the album came out. Um, said that that Springsteen sounded like the Cars. Okay, like a song by the Cars. Yeah, and. Hey. that's not country you know here we are yep <laughs> there we are
2: all right let's break it down um on i mean full disclosure here i've never been a big bruce springsteen fan like nope. i the only song i know is born in the usa um so the songs he references like i'm familiar with the song titles obviously because he's a legend and his song titles are just kind of out there so you're just familiar with them but i didn't know the songs like i didn't I don't, I don't have any connection with the songs but i like the way he name drops them um the song itself it's got two like really long verses uh that are maybe more like four verses total because they're actually really long um and then the repeating chorus so the structure's simple the there's in we're talking lyrics and content here we're, we're breaking it down i don't know if i segwayed into that for you it was anyway. implied. Implied, Uh listeners. It was implied for you as well. Though after the second chorus, there's a bridge. It's a building. It's it's a bridge that builds. But there's no words. Uh It's just whoa 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 whoa. Right. I don't know why they did that. Um, to me in that spot, I would rather have had a guitar solo. Like the song could have used a maybe maybe slide guitar or just some sort of you know it needed a guitar solo, not just the whoa whoa whoes in that build
0: yeah i I feel like the the whoa 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 um or the woes however you want to call it um kind of fits like the the tone and the feel of the song more than than just an instrumental break or something would yeah it does you know if, if we're if we're throwing it back to like springsteen or you know something by the cars or you know kind of that that you know adult contemporary 80s pop rock type feel i think it's it's appropriate in that sense
2: okay so it's it's like an homage to
0: yeah, to what's yeah. being
2: referenced in the song see you're just more insightful than i am <laughs> listeners are probably like duh we knew that all along no, how I'm could just, you have never got that
0: i'm just better at faking it
2: there you go so okay well i understand it either but i don't like it i remember listening to an interview with him and at, uh uh We've referenced a few times on this show. In fact, we did a song in the What Are You Listening To segment uh, by Mac Powell. I remember an interview with him and an interview with Mac Powell early in this time that when they were talking about the popularity of singing out melody lines, well, like woes or "nananas" or whatever, instead of having an instrument play them. It was like a trend that went through music in the early 2010 decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people were doing it. So anyway, yeah. Um, the verses have a lot of words. Like they're they're just a lot of stuff going on in the verses, but the chorus is, you know, nice, memorable. It ties it all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a story of young love. He met her. They they had a thing, but then they must be broken up because in verse two, it says you we bumped in by happenstance. You wouldn't even know who I am. So he must have like right. seen her, but so yeah, they well, must have lost lost. And, touch. and
0: he said that this uh, it was actually inspired by by real life with a, a girl that he had a like a, a summertime love with when he was like fifteen, and that it's it's not actually like they the, the whole thing with going to a concert and stuff that is all legit happened. It was not Springsteen. But he felt like Springsteen was an appropriate artist to associate with the song and the memories and, and that type of thing. And it worked. Um, I think so, it did it well. Yeah. yeah with the totally. flavor
2: of the song, like with a song that sounds like that, you couldn't do a song that sounds like that with a country artist or any other genre. Like you'd need a rock-ish sort of artist.
0: Yeah, I think so. Like um, you couldn't,
2: that couldn't be like a Merle, you know, haggard, and then have it <laughs> sound like that. It wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't work. You know what I mean? It's hard to rhyme Garth. There you go. There you go. Uh, so, uh, for you listeners, if you don't remember, we do three categories, and we give them each a score out of ten: uh, lyrics and content, vocals and instrumentation. Andrew calls it sound, or and its cultural uh, impact or significance for a score out of thirty. And then the winning uh, the the winning artist gets a million of our dollars. Not we're not actually doing that. They just get. Uh, did not get ragged on as much as the other one. Um, so first uh, there's value in that though. There you go. Lyrics and content. We don't want to ruin anyone's
0: career here. You know? No. Well, may- maybe some people like, yeah, we- we'll go down that road. <laughs>
2: okay. Lyrics and content out of 30. I, I, you know, the verses uh, it's good. And I like the chorus and I feel a connection. Like I actually like the song. I like it a lot. Um, even though I kind of just said some things I didn't seem to like about it, but I go eight out of 10. Um, it's got great lines in the verses and the imagery is clear. Eight out of 10.
0: Yeah. Uh, I gave it an eight for content. Also, I, I like the, the, you know, the memories and the sentimentality of the story in the song. And, you know, it's, I feel like it's relatable. Yep. Um, it kind of, you know, later on, um, give me back my hometown, kind of yep. same same feel Yep. in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, content-wise, I like the song. There you go. Vocals and instrumentation, you call
2: it sound, um, we've already alluded to quite a bit. Heavy on the acoustic guitar, piano, acoustic drums, an electric guitar. There's doesn't sound like there's a whole lot going on there. Um, there's a lot, there's a vocal stretch in the chorus, not so much in the verses, uh, nice harmonies in the chorus. Um, this was right in the tail beginning of the bro country period. So to hear that much acoustic instruments happening, I think was really nice, but there's definitely no traditional country instrumentation. There's no fiddle. There's None no steel. There's yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah I'm going seven. I do like the freshness of the organic sounding instruments of the acoustic instruments now that I'm saying it and watching your reaction i'm <laughs> I'm thinking maybe I should well i already I
0: already wrote it down. hey, hey, live your truth man <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down. I'm not changing it at this point because I'm not good at math it well and and I'll tell you why. I may have looked confused or bewildered, um, and much of this has to do with internal torment for me, or uh, conflict. Okay, because as a song, a genreless song, I really like Springsteen. Agreed. And, yes. Okay. And I would go probably six or seven for. Vocals and instrumentation slash sound, yeah, but genreless. I like the way you put it that way, though. You know, at measuring it and judging it, you know, within, you know, the the box in my head of what country music is and does. It doesn't sound like a country song. Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't sound like a rock song much it, it either. Sa- it sounds like a lot of these other things that we've mentioned. More much of a pop song. But it doesn't sound like a country song. And so for the sound category, I'm giving it a one. Oh, dang. Inside the country but Like I said, okay. out, outside of the country Parameters. I go six or seven. There but, you go. This is but the we're country Smackdown about podcast. Country music, and yep, this doesn't this, do it. You know, as the kids say, this ain't it, fam. There, you, that is what they say. And I
2: did look over, you know, for my next our next song, which is definitely a country song, and they're they're a little too close. And I,
0: and I hate to do that to uh you know a Jeff Hyde written song, also, but right, Jeff, you if know. you
2: listen to this because we do have a connection, we stinking love your stuff.
0: And yeah, I apologize for that. Don't take it personal, but...
2: Because personally, you're...
0: I know you understand, man. We've talked about this.
2: Yeah, you're a great dude. All right. Um, wow. Okay. One out of 10. I, You know, I can't fault you for that. I, I agree with with you. I mean, I gave it a higher one, but I wasn't thinking that way. I
0: mean, the Get Up is more, has more country sound to it than, than Springsteen does.
2: Yeah, I suppose you're right. Except for the twang in Eric Church's voice. Yep. 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 All right. Uh, and then our third category is always the cultural impact or significance. How did it? What what bigger things did it do? Um, the first thing that jumped out to me was uh, the video is awesome. Well, at least I really liked it. In a town, there's like some like dramatic footage
0: at the beginning before the video starts. Yeah, I mean, it, most mostly him just like singing in a cul-de-sac, but
2: yeah and walking down the street and stuff but it's
0: but it, it it feels like the song it does in a lot of ways
2: and the band playing in the garage and stuff like I liked it. I thought yeah. it's good. This is the first time in his career that he did not have a ball cap and aviators on in a music video. <laughs> he had a beanie and no glasses on, so definitely I think marking a turning point um I which is
0: like, which is odd because well, i don't I don't know if that's accurate. That's probably not. I don't Listeners... think he was doing the aviator thing back with uh, sinners like me. Oh yeah. Oh, and certain, no. like he doesn't even have a hat. First he had, album, he had, the, he had he had the longer Justin shaggy Bieber hair kind of looking yeah. thing
2: going on. That's right. Maybe a little longer than Justin Bieber. I forgot about that. Any
0: Carolina, no glasses, no hat on the cover. So it was just a chief thing. Yeah. Well, and chief is kind of where the that imagery came from. Was like. Mm. The chief album cover is now the Eric Church logo, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So What do I know? So maybe that was the end of the non-baseball cap and aviator. There you like, go. <laughs> there you go. It what was a turning point. It either, was a turning point. Either way.
2: I feel like this song, because the song that came out before this one that was a, a, a smash hit was Drink in My Hand. That doesn't sound anything like this. Um, that's a distinctly country song or, or hard rock. I mean, yeah. Uh, that's a it's, great song. It's rowdy, but I feel like this, and then what came after this, like this was this ushered in the sound that was to come. You know, the, yeah. the a lot yeah. of that album sounds like this, and then um, Outsiders and Desperate Man sound more like this than it did the previous stuff. So I think it was a turning point. Um, it sold 2.8 million copies. That's a lot. And Rolling Stone ranked it at number 58 for the 100 greatest country songs of all time.
0: Rolling Stone doesn't know a dang thing about country.
2: They probably have a country correspondent. They probably have one person on staff. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean his, they know anything. Whose job is to know about country. He
0: listens to the radio. That's what he does. But
2: 100 greatest <laughs> of all time. So, and it, there was only five uh, in the in the decade that this came out, or, or in 2000s or whatever. Lots of older stuff. Anyway, so it was critically well-received. Hmm. Because I feel like it ushered in maybe a bigger time in his career because I think he's gone on to do bigger things than what my preferences and tastes were. Like I think the earlier stuff that I loved wasn't the the peak or pinnacle of his career. I think this, right, this right. kind of and then going on from here was um, that launched him into the next level of music stardom. Um, because of that, I go six out of ten.
0: We're, we are uh, in in lockstep on that one. I gave this a six also. Um, and, a, and a lot of that has to do with, with I think, with a lot of uh, artists. Like, if you don't get a second number one, then you just sort of exist or fade away. And, yeah. And sort of based on the fact that this was his second number one, you know, it took three albums to get to the first one, but... He got number one and number two off the same album. Yep. Um, so that's, that's significant for, for his career, for the arc of country music and, and really kind of pushing the sound away from traditional country in a lot of ways. Cause obviously, like, neither of us would consider this a country song, but it was in the top 100 country songs of all time. There you go. Um, which kind of ties into another note that I had. Um, in that, uh, actually, all three of the songs that we're discussing in this episode had at least some degree of crossover success. And, uh, let's see, Springsteen hit number 19 on the Hot 100 chart. Oh. So. That's you know, great for Eric Church. Also, you know, relatively uh, significant impact there. So Yeah. So, so when I
2: add up my scores, I've got um, eight Seven and six, which puts me at twenty-one
0: out of thirty. Well, that middle category is where we differ. Yep, there so you go. So, what did you end up with then? I, I also had an eight and a six, but and a one. I mean, a one kind of looks like a seven, but uh, so <laughs> I've got a I've got a total of fifteen. Wow, for so you, Springsteen, you flunked it big time. Yeah, and because and it, like I said, not it, because it's a bad song. It's it, there's a conflict with me because yeah. you know. As just a song versus as a country song are are two different things. There you go.
2: Listeners, we really want to know, do you think Andrew is right on or is he way (laughs) off? Like, let us know. Like, you're like, no, the dude's not with it. Or like, yeah, actually, he's pretty spot on. Let us know. And let us know if you like the song or not.
0: I love it. Yeah. What what would you score it, listener?
2: Yeah. What do you know? Probably more than me. Maybe not Andrew, but more than me. Uh, Let's back it on up to June of 2002. We have clarified this times over on this podcast. It's George Strait, who's my favorite. I just love George Strait. I love I love him. Like, if I could just sit down and drink coffee with him and hang out, like I would love that. Just to hang out.
0: You think George drinks coffee?
2: I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think so.
0: Um He's probably a taster's choice guy.
2: Well, I'm a Folgers guy, so I don't <laughs> know if they, I don't know if we can jive.
0: Um
2: I, and so we're going back to June 2002 he had a song out uh, off of his road less traveled album called living and living well and uh, when we picked songs for this episode did you even like remember that song
0: vaguely
2: and then like, when you listened to it in show prep did it you're like oh yeah i remember that one or not well so i'll
0: t- i'll tell you once th- like when you fire it up like boom i'm going oh this is blue clear sky right in the same vein definitely yeah yeah and it's not it's i was a-
2: doing show prep and my 13 year old daughter heard it and she's like that's definitely george Strait." before he even started singing I'm like
0: yes yeah. you you are an amazing child i think in some states that could actually be considered child abuse <laughs> i call it
2: enrichment parenting it's awesome so if springsteen was not country this is solid i mean pop country at the time You know, it's it's country, it's 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 traditional country in that it's got a lot of fiddle, it's got a lot of steel, it's got plucking guitar. I mean it's a country song. Now It,
0: it sounds like it should have come out like a decade sooner.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um Yeah. So it is a country song, but it's you know pop country compared to other country. Does that make sense?
0: Or do you not do you not consider know. it pop country? Not not so much. No. Okay, all right. I mean, it's not so it's much. got it's got a lot of, a lot of fiddle and some some steel guitar. There you go. Then we're gonna call you it know, traditional because so. that's what I think.
2: Nashville veteran songwriters Tony Martin, Mark Nessler, and
0: Tom Shapiro. George Strait would punch you if you said pop country to him about well, his song. I mean, compared to
2: some of the other grittier, dirtier, backwoodsier, minor key which kind of stuff. George
0: Strait has never done any of. Man,
2: that's true. Please don't punch me, George, when you listen (laughs) to this. Don't get angry. He's got some oceanfront
0: property in Arizona.
2: Yeah. Uh, It was a two-week number one, and it took over from Drive by Alan Jackson. I love that song. Do you like it? Uh, I mean, it's all right. And it was replaced by I'm Gonna Miss Her by Brad Paisley. These were some great weeks. I,
0: I definitely prefer that to the other.
2: Yeah, me too. But I love them both. This was these were great weeks in country music. In fact, when I was looking at the charts, like two thousand two was just
0: it was a good year. There's a lot of good years in the two thousands. It's kinda weird, like just to think of like George Strait and Brad Paisley being, you know, uh concurrent number ones on the chart at the same time.
2: Yeah, that was pretty early in Brad Paisley's career. I think I'm gonna miss yours off his third album though. Wow. Could have been second. Anyway, still Speak. early for him. Um, It was the second single off his Road Less Traveled album, which was his 22nd album. It's too many. That's a lot, and that was in 2002, and it's 2019, and he's still cranking them out like hotcakes, and I still own every single <laughs> one of them, <laughs> which is great. I even bought the last one, Honky Tonk Time Machine. It was the last CD I purchased before I decided to started download uh not download a uh, streaming program what do you call mm. it i got google play so i can listen to anything i want to anytime but that was the last cd i purchased before i made the changeover, so i still feel good about that uh on that album uh singles that came b- uh, between run run was the first single off that album also a number one do you remember that song nope oh dude that's so good and uh she'll leave you with a smile you don't know run Sounds oh my gosh familiar. it's so good
0: um i'm you say run and i'm hearing daryl worley good day to run that's another great song so oh
2: which one do i like better (laughs) Uh, i like run from george Strait better anyway um yeah it it came right there but I, i gotta say uh for my favorite artist and owning all his stuff and everything this as a number one was a throwaway number one this is not one of his better number ones you know what i mean
0: and i think we've talked about this before like a throwaway number one song for George Strait
2: yeah because he's got 60 some (laughs) so this is one of his lesser known number ones let's take a uh, listen and listeners you can let us know if you think you know you're here in the first few seconds you're like yep that's definitely a George Strait song and and, uh, some of you might be like awesome and others of you might be like ugh so let us know here we go living and living well George Strait that's so good Love the acoustic guitars A little, boat, a little, a little, beat, little piano a little in there Yep like. Some electric guitar
0: Slide with the flow that And it, it all kind of Like plays off of each other Very yep. well
1: it, Yep night.
2: He sounds great. He sounds like George Strait. Yes, he does. The the in the play there between the fiddle runs, the steel runs, and the electric guitar runs between the vocal is so good. It's almost like they're taking turns. Uh huh. You know, with the lyrics. It's like I can see the imagery. I could see his property. It's on water, right? Because he's talking about fishing, and she walks up on his shore.
0: It's that oceanfront property in Arizona, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, Let's hope she wasn't (laughs) trespassing.
2: Maybe she was a guest of somebody that came to his house or something. I think it's this verse right here. Let's see. Hang on. Nope, it was in the last verse. Either way, I hope she didn't trespass, but she came to his property, <laughs> and uh, I could just visualize him there, so anyway.
0: You better fade it out before we get a copyright strike or something.
2: There you go. All 30s of our listeners are going <laughs> to turn us in. Um, I love it. It's so good. The lyrics are, they're just positive, they are they're full of love, like the idea, there's, he was living a good life. He had his routine. He had his property. He could fish off of his, of his deck at his house. And so he must add a nice property. Like things sound like they're going well. Um, and then he meets her when she comes to his property and he realizes that, uh, you know, they were going well, but not as well as they have since she came. And I just thought that's really good. Um, two verses and a repeating chorus, a nice bridge. Um, it slows down into a halftime, and it just gets really nice with the bridge and um, builds back up to the choruses. So you got verses, a nice bridge, and chorus. Good stuff. Um, and like I said, I can visualize the imagery of what's going on there. So I'm going lyrics and content 8 out of 10 again.
0: Okay. We're, cl- we're close. I'm going 7 for uh, content. Uh, I like I like the uh, the theme of the song. So you know, it's not. It's a little corny. So yeah. you lose you lose a couple points there for me. It's kind of hokey. Um, yeah. But but just just overall, like the, you know, there is a difference between living and living well, or living and existing. You know, if that, if you want to put it in those terms, and so you know, it's a it's a it's a good uh, it's a good notion. If it's corny and hokey.
2: Which I mean, I mean, I agree with you. Um, maybe we're jumping ahead into its cultural impact or significance, but for corny and hokey and kind of generic sounding, how did it get to number one?
0: That's that's the big why question. Uh, I I feel like there's a certain, you know, uh, a certain percentage of the population that that just works for. You yep. know, um, it is mainstream music, so it's mainstream music yeah, listeners. I'm, I mean, you're not always looking for. Just mind-blowing, life-altering. You know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Innovation, or yeah. You know, okay. Sometimes yeah. you want something that just just feels nice. There you
2: go. And I and, think and familiar with what it was rolling with in that year. I mean, a lot of it sounded similar to this. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to have so many number ones that you can have a throwaway number one and just like, yep, nope, just another one. <laughs> what was that
0: song again? Well, you know, and and you know, to that, um, you know, we're we're beyond 50 number ones for the guy's career at this point. So it's you know, it was Isn't it what, beyond 60 now? Well, I'm sure it is now. Oh, oh, I then, mean, when yes. this came out. That's right. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I I think that there's there's some like, name association that, that gives, you, you know, a guy like George Strait a little a little bump up yeah. the chart, you know?
2: Because every station's going to pick up the song. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the sound. It's right, it's just in the George Strait wheelhouse. There's no instrumental or vocal surprises. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a cookie cutter. Uh, like in you said, carrying your love with me, and the next one, she'll leave you with a smile. Kind of a similar sound. Now run the song before this one was way different I felt like um but uh, right in the wheelhouse he does have some vocal stretching in the bridge my my nights are sweeter when I'm with you he goes pretty high up in the range um, beyond what he would normally do in a lot of songs which I thought was cool and then we've already talked about the instrumentation of it's you know the play between the fiddle and the steel the electric guitar riffs and you know it just it sounds I love it it sounds great so I go eight out of 10.
0: Okay, I'm going six. Uh, You know, I I like the the fiddle and the slide and the piano and how it all works together. I just, I'm not a huge fan of George Strait's vocal sound. And I also feel like he kind of phoned it in on this one in a lot of ways. Yeah, okay. So being that I'm not a huge fan of how he sounds to begin with and then add to it that it, just is kind of like a meh uh, effort on the song. There you, know? you go. I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, like all six points are, are based on instrumentation, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I, I know his
2: catalog pretty well, and this wasn't one of his better albums. Although it was a Turning Point album. The ones that came after were really noteworthy, uh, and I'll, I'll allude to that here. Uh, let's talk about its cultural impact and significance. I couldn't find a music video. Could you?
0: Uh, I can't say that I tried very hard. Okay. I, I always like to look just to see. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I know that, you know, with YouTube, and so there are some things that do exist that have been removed over yeah. time. and
2: So I couldn't find a music video, but I saw right about that time he put out a live video from the Astrodome of a concert, and this was a segment of it, and it's cool. Like, I've been to George concerts, you know, and the stage, he just stands there at his mic stand with his guitar that he doesn't play. He just holds it. And <laughs> and the the stage is rotating around the Astrodome, and everyone there is just looking happy, and he's just doing his thing, and it I just oh it I love it, it gets me fired up every time.
0: So that's what I could find for the video it was a live Astrodome video, um, a lot of a lot of close up shots on it. It's just like yep, smirky sideways, yep. like Nyeh. yep, Okay, yep. pretty yep. much yep.
2: Um, I feel like. Culturally, for his career arc, the songs on the albums before this one sounded like the 90s, but this album um, sounded to me like the 2000s, which I was really happy about. I know you said it should have been a decade before, but the the rest of the stuff, um, the song right before this one, Run, is definitely a 2000s sounding song, but I made a list of songs that came after within a, a five-ish or so year period. So you had Run, we mentioned Leave You With A Smile, Cowboys Like Us, you know that one?
0: Yeah, I know that one.
2: That one's great. I Hate Everything was great. She Let Herself Go was good. Sea shorts of Old Mexico is one of my favorites. Give It Away, Jamie Johnson, cut, loved yep, that one. Yep. Just Comes Natural was great. How About Them Cowgirls was great. I Saw God Today and Troubadour. Uh, all those were kind of within a five-year period right after this one, and they all sounded more like 2000s, and this this and Run were kind of the songs, I think, that took him there. Um, and there's a, just looking at the songs that he put out in, in the 2000s, it was a huge decade. But only this song, I think, would only be for us real big fan listeners. I don't think the casual country music listener would remember this song.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can listen to it. It's fine. But Yeah. You know, it, it's fun. I actually was driving with my kids uh, and played them all three of the songs that we're, we're talking about. And they, they both, I mean, at, at, you know, 13 and 14 and both or 12 and 14 at this point, um, but both very, very much more exposed to like pop music and, you know, whatever's on the radio that's not country. And, you know, um, they at least both, when I played all three songs, both were like, yep, that's the most country sounding of the three songs. There you go. So Which
2: that's pretty good. So anyway, because it didn't do a whole lot, kind of throwaway number one, most people wouldn't remember, only because it led to some, a great decade for him. It kind of ushered in a great decade. I give it a three out of 10.
0: Uh, I give it a two. Um, so we're close, you know, cause obviously there's, there's some degree of credit that comes with having a number one. Yep. But again, it just kind of a throwaway. Um Even if it's your 53rd <clears throat> or something. <laughs> I, I, I do feel like, like when you were saying about like the imagery of the song, like, like you could play this song over a muted Kenny Chesney video and and there you go. I think you're probably <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Um, even like maybe George Strait and Uncle Cracker like dancing in the waves together. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. But but yeah, I, like I don't feel like like this song really you know led to anything, any changes, anything that came came in behind um, but again, I mentioned before that all three of these songs um, had a little bit of crossover success. Um, so where where Springsteen hit 19 on the Hot 100, uh, Living and Living Well hit 27. Wow. So That's actually surprised. You wouldn't think people outside yeah, was, the country genre with, would
2: be interested in that at of all. As,
0: as traditional a yeah. sound as the song has.
2: Yeah. To get crossover, you have to have some sort of appeal to other genre fans.
0: But where is it?
2: You wouldn't think this one would have it. So, so, anyway. so there you go. That's, that's, that's where my two points came from. So when I'm doing my math, I've got uh, 8 out of 10 for lyrics and content, 8 out of 10 for vocals and instrumentation, and a 3 out of 10 for cultural significance puts me at 19, 19. out of 30. And what was your score on Springsteen? 21. Ooh. So if we had not turned the honorable mention into an actual submission, then the drum roll would have been Springsteen by 2. Are you? Overliving are you a ever
0: going to have a George Strait song that actually wins? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, this could be the George Strait song podcast where you know we'd have sixty weeks of material with number ones. I uh, it, my total score was a fifteen, so I'm I'm looking at a tie so far. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. what happens if you have two winners? I don't know. I don't know. Oh no, I'm I'm pretty certain that that song 3 is going to blow the first two away. <laughs> Are you kidding me? All right. <laughs> let's back it on up.
2: Another 10 years to June of 1992, Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. I would be hard pressed to outside of our uh, international listeners, which every episode has hands hands fulls of downloads from across the world. I think they're just bots. Because I don't know who...
0: In, I don't know why a bot listens to a podcast. Though. I don't either. Like I don't God, I, I don't, don't know. see how that does anything. But I mean, we have either. listeners from literally all over the world, but only like one here, one there, one here, one there in these countries as I, I look at our statistics. I like to think of it as like an expatriate that is, you know, they're displaced and they're looking for something familiar that reminds them of home. They do a search for country music and they find us. That, we'll go with that.
2: Yeah. Hanging out in Indonesia and Brazil and whatnot. Anyway, Achy Breaky Heart. What I was getting at in where I went with that is that I think everybody who listens to this podcast will know this song. You would think. And then even most of the international people as well. Oh, yeah. It's hard to not know this song.
0: Yeah, the song was huge in Australia. Yes, it was. I don't know a whole
2: lot about it um, because I was only 10, you know. So like about it, I know the song well, but I learned a lot in show prep. But um, I didn't realize that it was Billy Ray Cyrus's debut single. Yeah, yep. I did not know that. What a way to come out of the gate with a super huge mega smash! Yeah, yeah,
0: and never, never get close that's, again. That's my next question: Was did he peak with the debut single? Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's a there's a dispute there in any way, shape, or form. How many other singers came out of the gate with a number one and then
2: never had a number one, but stayed known in the industry for as long as he has?
0: Because we're talking 27 years. That's tough.
2: With only one number one, it was the very first one right out of the gate, and then... Nothing else. I
0: mean, he has he has reinvented himself so many times. Ah, okay. Like when he transitioned into acting, and like Doc was on for years. Doc? Yeah. It was, was that a show? Yeah, yeah. And he was in it. Yeah. Oh. And then okay. and then Hannah Montana and and yeah. I you know he kind of probably coattailed on Miley for a little while there right. and you know and then just. You know, just just kind of existing for a while and then the little Nas X old town road thing. But and with only one number one hit and yeah.
2: debut, the first one. Yeah. How, and and you know, it's the question is how does he stay relevant? Although I I don't think he's relevant. I wouldn't consider him but you know, how does he just stay out there? I don't know.
0: It's let's, it's amazing.
2: Let's talk more about the song. Uh it was an amateur songwriter, Don Von Tress. And uh, you had found it was originally recorded by the Marcy Brothers. Yep. And for those of you Oregon listeners, (laughs) there's a YouTube video of them performing at a Walmart in Sweet Home, Oregon. For those of you that know about Sweet Home, it's a small community of maybe 5,000 people-ish. And uh,
0: You know, I I don't know the the origin of the video. Maybe the Sweet Home part of it was the live performance that comes at uh, Is there a Walmart in Sweet Home? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but but yeah, it starts out with them performing the song like standing on the counter at the cash register in a Walmart. The Marcy Brothers, yeah. And then goes into like a live performance footage. And the Marcy Brothers recorded the song one year before Billy Ray Cyrus. But but only their their version was called Don't Tell My Heart.
2: Yeah. It was not called Achy Breaky Heart. And they say Achy Breakin' instead of Achy Breaky.
0: And that's the difference between having a nine times platinum single and nobody knowing you is that's right the difference between breaky and breakin
2: there you go had you ever heard of the marcy Brothers? <laughs> yeah, no no me neither No, but they had fabulous air they did uh the song was looked at by the oakridge boys but they didn't like the word play of achy breaky and decided not to record it well it's pretty dumb it is uh it was number one for five weeks in an era when that was a long time we've mm-hmm. mentioned that before that usually it's one or two and then you're on to the next thing so five weeks It replaced a song I absolutely love, Some Girls Do, by Sawyer Brown. My favorite Sawyer Brown song. I love it. And uh, then it was replaced after five weeks by
0: I Saw the Light from Wynonna. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Which, I mean, you look at... If you could just add Garth Brooks to that conversation and go, like, Sawyer Brown, Billy Ray Cyrus, Wynonna, Garth Brooks, you, you have the you know 1992 country music scene you're you're in in a already bottle. you're stealing my thunder for the uh, honorable
2: mentions. Oh, very All nice right, cuz I was definitely nice. going that direction. 27 years later is his next biggest hit with
0: Old Down Road. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh man, you're you're uh yeah, I I just can't, yeah. can't find the words right now. Yeah. Uh, how, I, how
2: did Lil Nas X find Billy Ray Cyrus for Old Town Road? How did Billy Ray Cyrus agree to
0: do it? I mean, how does that even come about? That I don't even know. Like, there's got to be some kind of like witchcraft involved black magic. <laughs> I don't know. Or, you know, maybe maybe at some point in, in time, Lil Nas uh, heard one of those uh, 2017 remixes of Achy Breaky Heart. And was just like, yeah, that's... I need that guy. That's what's missing. I need that guy. Probably, actually, it was some kind of an executive uh, because the original version of Old Town Road didn't have Billy Ray, so... Oh, okay. And there was the whole thing with country music charts and all that kind of stuff. I remember that part. I didn't realize there was a version before They brought in Billy Billy Ray, Ray, so yeah, it's got to be a record label executive. Just of all the people they brought in. Yeah,
2: all right. Let's take a listen to uh, "Achy Breaky Heart." For those of you that might be unfamiliar, here is "Achy Breaky Heart" Billy Ray Cyrus, nineteen
0: ninety two. For what oh, it's worth, like I love his voice. I don't know. I uh, it's not my favorite.
2: It's soul. It's like soul, blues, yeah, country, yeah. rock. It's rich. Um, I like the electric guitar. I mean, I hear an acoustic guitar. I hear an electric guitar. I'll hear some piano.
0: Yeah, the piano in the song is is really pretty good. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the song. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. I totally honest. On like, I actually listened to. Several of his later albums on purpose when they came out. Um, Yeah, I was going to clown. I knew that, and I was going to clown on you a little bit for being a Billy Ray fan. Probably nothing nothing, uh, from the last uh, decade, decade and a half or so, but, you know. Um, Yeah,
2: yeah. I I remember you sharing with me his 2007 release, Home at Last. Yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just not so good. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's some, some decent stuff on there. There you go. Songs so. of George Strait, uh, you know, probably turned down.
2: <laughs> All right. Let's get this off of here. There you have it. Achy, breaky heart. Uh, let's break it down. Um, three categories.
0: Breaky it down.
2: <laughs> let's breaky <laughs> it down. You know, I have to ask the same question. We're going to get to it in um, uh, vocals and instrumentation or sound, but... In terms of traditional country instrumentalism, does this count? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Because it's got the fun piano. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because it's it's definitely rock. It's definitely blues. It's got some soul.
0: <clears throat> yeah. But how much country? Yeah, I don't know. It's got that that, you know, when you hear a particular, like type of electric guitar that you hear pretty frequently in country music like it's got the right tone yeah it does of electric guitar like you know which eventually became just like Brad paisley yep and that's all he does yep but th- it's that same type of of uh guitar sound yeah i, I feel
2: like instrumentally it kind of sounds like sharp dressed man from zz top just with a okay. different vocal
0: okay Although I I think that they're, 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 uh you know there was more of a mm, like a dirty muddy sound a little bit to their instrumentation yeah it, you know it, I think in Icky Breaky Heart at least the the electric guitar it's pretty clean
2: yeah it is uh, all right let's talk about lyrics and content um, in terms of <laughs> lyrics and content um, and I don't know if this should technically be instrumentation. But the song is just too long. It's three minutes fifty-four seconds, but I'm bored by two minutes and thirty.
0: Well, but there's there's a lot of people and and things that she needs to tell, right? You know. Yeah. So. Well, all so that, you all get, that, those you are done through. by like the two minute mark,
2: though. You gotta get through the list. But they're done at two minutes, <laughs> and then it goes to the second chorus, and then third, fourth, and fifth chorus.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Maybe sixth. It's too many verses. The the verses are long. It's just like in um, uh, "Living and Living Well." No, it's just like in uh, Springsteen. The the verses are long. Like they could be two verses each, which would make it like four. And there's no, um, there's no bridge. It's just the two verses and the chorus that repeats over and over. I do got to give it credit. In uh, the first verse, he does reference a farm. Uh, you can tell his arms to go back to the farm. And that yep. is one of the country references and
0: you in it. Yeah.
2: Content in terms of what the song's about, it's about all the people and things that you can tell that they're broken up, or that she can tell that they're broken up, but just not his heart. Right. Don't tell him because yep. he might have a heart attack and die. Yep. Yeah. In in a more clever way than that.
0: Yeah. Might blow up and kill this man. Right. Meaning, might
2: have a heart attack and die. Yeah. <laughs> um it's pretty simple (laughs) i feel like i'm being pretty generous but i'm going four out of ten in terms of lyrics and content
0: wow is that too generous that yeah i'm not good at this um like i said earlier live live your truth um (laughs) um for content uh i gave it a two okay You know, uh, it's just, it's dumb. Because it's just dumb. It's dumb, but it's, you know, I could have gone like one or zero, but it's, it's fun dumb, you know? Yeah. It's just so. I mean, he got kind of creative in the different things you could tell, but but yeah, it's pretty dumb.
2: Yeah. Vocals and instrumentation. This song only has two chords that repeat just the entire song. (laughs) There is nothing um, technical about it um and most of it vocally is like just kind of the same notes over the same chords like there's yeah. no ups there's no downs except for the whoo,
0: whoo. which i
2: i hate that yeah. part yeah and that wasn't in some of the other ver the marcy brothers did it it
0: didn't have that i don't think i listened to enough of the marcy oh, okay. brothers version yeah. to get to the point where yeah where the train whistle would come in right yeah um so it's
2: pretty one note vocally um the the guitar like the electric guitar that you were referencing i think it's awesome and the piano and solid percussion here's what i don't like instrumentally on it between the second and third chorus there's an entire measure like there's a long gap in there where there's no solo like not there's there's no
0: piano solo there's no guitar solo there's no vocals it's, <laughs> it's just, just playing the, the continuation <laughs> of the dirty do, doo. Do, do, yeah
2: do. yeah and it's like Something needs to be happening right here. You know, maybe as a listener, it's like, I want something in particular, a, a rip and electric guitar solo would be perfect right there. Um, and then vocally, uh, it's like I said, it's kind of one note, just kind of bland. Um, I like his soul and like, I don't like, I like his soul, like his inner being. <laughs> the, maybe. The soulful nature of his voice, uh, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I probably have my doubts on the status of his soul. (laughs) Yeah. Just based on what I've seen, you
0: know, doing research for this. Dude loves some weed. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's that's his thing. I stopped following him on social media because I got tired of looking at pictures of his safe full of weed. Huh. (laughs) Weird. What a weird guy. (laughs) Well, I mean, look at his kids. Yeah. I mean, that should... That kind of tells the story Kids. in a lot of ways. Does he have more than one? Yeah. Oh, I only know about Miley. Yeah, he's got, I don't know, four or five probably. There, there's Are a, they all weird? There, There's another daughter that is also a musician. Her name is Noah. Cyrus? Yes. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not sure the others, but...
2: You are a Billy Ray fan. Hey, man. <laughs> Me and Billy Ray, we go back. 27 years. Um, do you... Could you have thought of any other, like if I said name some Billy Ray Cyrus songs, would you have been able to come up with some?
0: All I would have been able to come up with is Some, some Gave All. Some Gave All. That's all uh, I would have come actually, up with. That whole album, man, like Where Am I Gonna Live When I Get Home, uh, She's Not Crying Anymore. Good songs. Look at you go. Good songs on that album. Uh, next album, Storm in the Heartland. That was a good song. Huh. Uh, I... I don't think I can name any other songs off the second album. Uh and then I would I would jump ahead to whatever album uh Under the Hood was on. Um, I got nothing. And then and then there was the one that you mentioned before, Home at Last 2007 that had uh Ready Set Don't Go. Oh, okay. Which I wouldn't w- have come up with that, but I remember it now. Which it was, was on the radio. It Was probably a pretty marginal single, and then there was the. But there were covers on that and, album. There was. You've a, got a friend, yeah, yeah, and yep. another cover that was really good. I can't remember what it is though. Uh, I think somewhere over the rainbow was. Oh on yeah, that, that was one. on there. Yep. Uh, but yeah, there, I mean, there's some solid songs on there. Um, I know, you know, like I mentioned, there was uh, an album we put out in 2017 that had a couple of achy breaky remixes. Let's and, get to that next. I haven't given my score so, yet. Um, you know, I I would say up up to the one that had uh, Ready Set Don't Go, you know, just just a little bit here and there. Like I can name some songs off of those records, but anything since then, nothing.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of thinking eh, maybe I should go back and check out his catalog, but I'm like I'm not gonna do that.
0: Yeah, like I said, there's there's like hotspots yeah. in there yeah. that
2: are worth looking into you know google play gives you the top songs from that artist and maybe i just scroll through there and skip a lot of the yeah the deep yeah cuts. That, that
0: might be a smart move
2: <clears throat> anyway my vocal and instrumentation or sound score is three out of ten
0: wow yeah uh, i feel like that's a little low
2: it doesn't do it for me the vocals are just boring it's two chords that repeat over and over there's no guitar solo where there needs to be one you know it just it yeah and the song's Man. too darn long. Wrap it up at 245 and Don Don Von good.
0: Tress uh, didn't didn't capture your your heart with this one, huh? No. Uh <laughs> I might be again. I might be being a little generous on this one. Okay. Uh I went seven. Wow. For the sound. Um you know, just because, you know, I'm I'm this much older than you, so I remembered a couple th- months. This much eh, it's okay. a year. When's your birthday? A year plus October eighty.
2: Okay, yeah. So, I'm November eighty one. Yeah, yeah. So okay.
0: you know, just I, enough. I remember this much more yeah. of of kind of the phenomenon and stuff, and yeah, and just like hearing the song is is, uh, it's a significant memory. There you go. Um, but, culturally significant. But yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, I I like Billy Ray Cyrus's vocals. I like the guitar. I like the piano. You know, so I mean, it's I can throw it on in the truck and listen to it and not be bothered by it. So (laughs) which, you know, yeah, a lot of songs I can't say that about good on you. So I've got a seven. All right. Let's talk about what
2: really matters with this song. And that's the cultural impact and significance, because it is significant. You know, just again to be, yes,
0: the significance is significant. No, I mean,
2: the song is significant. <laughs> department of redundancy <laughs> department. Um, uh, coming out of the gate with a number one hit that was huge, viral that before that was even a thing. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, we got probably between us a bunch of notes about how big of a deal it was. But first off, big time crossover hit.
0: Yeah. Did you happen to see how uh, it charted otherwise? I did uh of the like I said before of the three songs they all um did fairly well on the uh Hot 100. Uh Achy Breaky Heart hit number 4 okay. so, on yeah, the Hot 100.
2: Definitely consider that a crossover for sure. Um it it was very much a leader in the line dancing craze if it wasn't Either either this or Boots and Boogie. What what do you consider to be the top line dancing craze? song? Oh, Achy Breaky Heart is it for sure by a yep. long way. Yep. Yeah, it was it was a thing. Did you look at? Did you watch the video, the music video?
0: Uh, I didn't really need to. Okay. Uh, it pretty much plays in my head when I close my eyes at night. There you go. So him in his jeans, white t shirt, red. Oh, dude, sleeveless. Yeah. Sleeveless. T shirt. Yeah. T-shirt, yeah. Uh, hockey mullet. Big know. time. Big time. Um, I
2: mean. It's a fun video. He's just doing his thing. There's not a lot to it. But the people that are there watching the show in the video, like, look like they're having a great time. Oh, who wouldn't? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've already alluded to this. There's a ton of versions of this. There are covers out the wazoo, Mm -hmm. including Weird Al, um, (laughs) Aiky Recky Song, (laughs) I actually read that uh, he felt bad of how mean spirited "Achy Breaky" song was. That he donated all the proceeds from that album to charity.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. nice. Um, and there's there's different genres that cover the song. The Spanglish, version, Spanglish on version. The
0: Spanglish uh, version, twenty seventeen album.
2: Yeah, um, uh, listeners, you well, not suitable for work or with your children. So, um, <laughs> but uh, Buck twenty two was a rapper who put out a 2014 version in a rap
0: version. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of the rapper Buck 22, by the way.
2: Unless you're driving, don't raise your hands. But uh yeah. There's a, the the spectrum or the gamut of styles and genres that are covered in the covers and parodies is intense. Like there's a lot.
0: Yeah. Which is really weird. It it was uh just culturally massive yeah like i don't i don't know that that like country music has ever touched the level of huge that this song was it and i just can't figure out why (laughs) that's what i can't
2: figure out is it just had to have been the the lightning in a bottle right time right song right artist all at the right time like did anybody even know who he
0: was uh not it's likely. a debut single i mean i i kind of feel like and this might just be like made up in my mind but i feel like there was some kind of like a, a vanilla ice mc hammer type thing where like before people knew who vanilla ice was he was opening for MC hammer and then eventually just like exploded and shot past the guy that he used to open yeah. for. And I feel like, like somewhere in my memory, it, it could be completely fabricated, but I feel like he was opening for Garth or something like that. And then achy breaky heart came out and, yeah. and away he went. And like yeah. I said, that could be completely fictional, but that's what I remember. There you go. That could be, um, uh, VH1
2: in their list of the 50 most awesomely bad songs ever <laughs> listed this as number two. Number two. I did not think to check what was number one, <laughs> <laughs> but this is number two. It is the second most awesomely bad song ever, according to VH1.
0: Seems appropriate.
2: Yeah. Um, and we've we've touched on this, but in terms of things that are noteworthy, did anything? Well. What do you have, like, chart positions on this? We know it was number one for five weeks, but, like, has he charted anything else? Oh, you'd mentioned probably, Ready, Set, Don't Go, but I wouldn't have yeah, guessed that.
0: probably not in a long even time. Even make it.
2: So he's just hanging around. How do you think he feels about his peaking with his debut single?
0: Uh, You know, I would say, like, based on what I know of the guy and what I've seen of his... his um you know, personal image, and the the character of his celebrity. I don't think he's the least bit concerned with singles. Okay. At this point. Yeah. You he know? doesn't even care. I wouldn't think so. Do you
2: think? Do you think that he thinks the song is great or awful?
0: Um. Well, no, I don't. I don't think that any any reasonable. Relatively intelligent adult Can listen to this song And think that it's a great song Right um, But I also think that The dude has been writing this one song For 25 years Yeah And like He's probably real glad that he recorded it No kidding I, I, I Do you say think that he's proud me. of it Or embarrassed by it Oh no I'm sure that he's proud of it Okay Come on <laughs> Like genuinely, he like, he wouldn't. Put, this is a fine piece of work. <laughs> he wouldn't put out three new versions of it every other year. If, there you go. If he wasn't proud of
2: it, so you were saying on a 2017 release, what was that called? Oh, oh, it doesn't uh, matter. But
0: something about the record. Set the record straight. The That's record what you said. Straight. I think.
2: Um, there's a listeners. There's a bunch of different versions of the song on there, like like different remixes by um. There's a couple techno artists and yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah. It's fun. Sure. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. They're awful. They are. Yeah. Even, even my children who love electronic music were like, oh, turn that off. Yeah, please. like, this is no good. So anyway, we can't argue that it,
2: you know, you can't say it isn't significant because it was huge. It was a big deal.
0: Um, scoring it, mm, I'm going eight out of 10. I give it a nine. Okay. Uh, Like I said, I don't think that country music has ever maybe will ever have like a song that was as huge as Achy Breaky Heart was. Um, And and I guess kind of to backtrack, I thought it was kind of funny that the George Strait single that we talked about earlier fell where it did in the timeline of things. Because, you know, you think about like. Decades and generations within a genre. Yeah. And you think about, like, the voice of that generation or that decade or whatever. And I feel like, in a lot of way, like, Eric Church and George Strait and, to some degree, Billy Ray Cyrus are kind of those iconic, like, that is the voice of its time. I would say Garth Brooks slash... Billy Ray Cyrus but only Achy Breaky Heart really. Yeah. Um but I feel like the George, like George Strait should have been like the generation prior. Okay, to, sure. to Garth and Billy Ray. Yeah. Um but I I think in terms of like the to to go a little deeper on the cultural impact of of the song um, and I don't know why this popped into my head yesterday um but you know the ongoing debate about whether or not guys like you know steroid guys belong in the Hall of Fame for baseball sure yeah and like i look back and i look at like when when 911 happened and the role that baseball played after 911 in, like, galvanizing the nation and the Mets all wearing the FDNY hats. Yeah, and that was cool. Sammy Sosa sprinting to the outfield with the little American flag in his hand and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You go back to, like, 97 prior to the 98 season. Baseball was in a massive decline. Huh. And, like, attendance was down. TV viewership was down. You know, across the board. Like, people didn't care about baseball for the most part. Yeah. And then you had the home run race in 98 between McGuire and Sosa. Yep. And, like, they re- <laughs> they were the shot in the arm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. For baseball. Was that before Barry Bonds? Yes. Okay. Uh, but they were, they were what fixed baseball and that allowed baseball to be in the position it was in. Post nine eleven, to help with the healing of the nation and and all of that. And, okay. and I kind of look. Now at, we're
2: talking country music in 1992. Yeah. Coming off of the 80s. And
0: I, like, in my mind, I see, like, Garth Brooks and Billy Ray Cyrus, in my mind, are the Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Yeah, good connection. Of country music. That's a good connection. That brought it back into... The mainstream and the, the, you know, the, the focus of the world, it, it had fallen off, it yeah. was fading away. And then here comes these guys that were going to turn it on its head and do it different. And so I think the impact of, and of they Breaky heart is just absolutely massive. There you go. And it worked. Yep. <laughs> it revitalized country
2: music, especially for younger fans and, and things like that. Cause the eighties were rough.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yes.
2: Uh nine out of ten. So for me I got uh four, three, and eight. It's a total of seventeen. Wait, that's not right, is it? Four seven and four. eight is fifteen. <laughs> fifteen. See I told <laughs> you. I'm at fifteen.
0: <laughs> Whatever. Uh so my total for Aiky Breaky Heart was two, seven and nine, which is a grand total of eighteen. Eighteen. So for my three
2: songs, I got twenty one for springsteen i got 19 for living and living well and i got 15 for uh achy breaky heart for me achy breaky heart
0: comes in last how about what i don't remember your others uh achy breaky heart was my number one. Oh my gosh at 18 <laughs> points the other two tied at 15
2: oh man all right well for what it's worth there you go we uh we do not have a uh, unanimous decision. We have a split decision. Let's go to uh, the interview, and we'll see what our guest thinks. We'll play all three songs uh, for them, and uh, they can provide some insight. And we will link back up with you uh, and get on out of here. In just Before we do that, oh, okay, you got something else?
0: Let's back up a couple steps. We were talking about did Billy Ray Cyrus ever have another like real hit single? Um, just looking over real quick uh the single that followed achy breaky heart could have been me okay also on the the some gave all album hit number two. Oh, okay uh not bad i don't know the song uh 1993 in the heart of a woman hit number three okay uh 1998 busy man hit number three never heard of it did he release some gave all as a single that song I don't believe so.
2: Okay, because I feel uh, like everybody knows that song. Maybe right. just everybody, I, like military people, all I, know that song. Yeah,
0: and I feel like you know, you mentioned going viral. I think with with kind of the YouTube generation and the you know posting a song on your Facebook page or whatever, yeah, your MySpace, you know, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, yeah, people post. Some gave all. That's and, a great song. It's a, it is a great song, um, but no, it was not released as a single. Um. And again, we were in a pre nine eleven America. Yeah. So there wasn't the that, the type of patriotism that we have now, and we also didn't have the technology for people to share those songs. Right. Um, and then uh, I guess to wrap that up, uh, Ready Set Don't Go, the duet with Miley Cyrus in 07, hit number four. Okay.
2: There you go. So there you go. So he has done a few things. And yep. somehow stayed relevant. I mean, for he's he's had a years. lot of
0: other singles that charted. Those are just the ones that that got close. Yeah. Well, you can continue to be the President of his fan club, and <laughs> we'll we'll be happy
2: for you. Like you, you do you, man. Uh, uh, let's hear uh, what uh, the interview has to say. We'll be right back. Alrighty, Country Smackdown listeners. I'm sitting here with a great friend of mine, Mr. Paul Nunn. How are you today, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. And I love one thing that you mentioned different than anybody else is you've actually listened to it.
1: I ha- oh yes, that's true <laughs> you, yes. you might be the first
2: guest that's actually listened
1: I've heard three episodes, I believe That's but, a lot
2: yeah. That is dedication right there And I can't I either thank you or I'm sorry <laughs> One or the other no, it's fun, you it's fun. Yeah. Well, you so you know the premise of the show I won't have to say too much We're going to play ah. a couple songs You're going to listen to them And then you're just going to let the listeners know What you think as an unbiased guest That doesn't listen to country music All
1: right. Yeah. Before we do that though I have listened to country music I do know a few things You know a few things, things. then
2: you might, I'm guessing you'll know one of today's songs that we're going to listen to. But what do you listen to? What do you like?
1: I like uh, sort of rocky, folky stuff. Rocky, Uh,
2: folky. Is there an artist that listeners should check out that you think are pretty great? Uh,
1: As I walked over here, I was listening to David Ramirez. David Ramirez. Uh, Cool. Yeah. I haven't heard of it, but... Yeah, I'm sure it's great. He's great. He's very, uh, extremely, sometimes brutally, uncomfortably honest okay. in his songwriting. All right. But it's also just very compelling. Great music, too.
2: Well, there you go. And you, like multiple of our other uh, interviews, are a musician as well, which makes you guys even better interviews because you understand the critical ear of you know breaking down music. <laughs>
1: Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and so, uh, well, I'm going to play a couple of songs. And I'll tell you a little bit about them, and then just give us some feedback. Let the listeners know what you think as the unbiased guest opinion. Okay. So on the show, we break down songs from the same week, month, and year of different decades. You know that as a listener. Um, We're going to June of 2012 and 2002. Mm -hmm. But then for this episode, there's actually a third song, because the honorable mention that we do at the uh, end of each episode, it was too good Uh. to not (laughs) just give it its own right. And you'll know, I think, when we get there. All right. So the first song I'm going to play for you was a number one hit from June of 2012 by an artist called Eric Church. Have you heard the name? I've not. Get not heard the name. He wrote a song called Springsteen. It's a song about you know young love, <laughs> and uh, set to some themes around Bruce Springsteen ah, songs. Excellent. Are you a Springsteen guy?
1: I have heard of Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. Can you name a Bruce
2: Springsteen song?
1: Uh. uh there's one about America. <laughs> there you go. That's the only one I knew as well. I'm not a
2: Bruce Springsteen guy either. Born in the USA. Or that's the one. Yeah, that's, that's the, the one, one I knew. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So anyway, he wrote this this you know kitschy little love song okay. um, about Springsteen. So here I'm going to play some for us and just let, let us know what you think. Simple instrumentation. Uh-huh.
1: What do you think so far? He's got the country twang, for sure. Uh, He's he's rhyming song and along, but not the way we Yes. Song (laughs) and along. Song and along. (laughs) So my
2: co-host Andrew, earlier in the episode, mentioned that without instrumentation on this, that he could hear it as a Weezer song. Can you hear that?
1: I I don't know if I would have called it Weezer, but yeah, I I see what you're saying. It it, I wouldn't. It doesn't necessarily uh, cry out to be a country song right away. Yeah, Uh, it's got that kind of driving thing that I could see. Yeah, it's got a four on the The floor kind of power chords the the power bass. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. What do you think of the instrumentation?
1: Real simple, real straightforward. It's definitely mostly about the vocals right now. Yeah.
2: There's a lot going on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. some decaying sounds and stuff. But yeah,
1: they've got some. It's kind of more atmospheric than a typical country song would be. Definitely. does have those lead, those lead instruments. You know. the, what the do you think guitar, of his vocal? I think it's a good. It's a good voice. He's definitely leaning into the accent, pretty strong. Yeah, that goes with the territory. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah, he sounds pretty good. There you go. Yes, yeah, all right.
2: Well, that was it. June right. 2012 Springsteen okay. by Eric Church. Right. So, the simple question is uh-huh. 0 you absolutely hate it, 10 you absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. What score would you give this song?
1: Um in context, uh I don't it was kind of vanilla a little bit. Nothing like grabbed me about it. Um Nothing, nothing was, uh, nothing was uh, distasteful either. There you but go. I guess I would just give it a five. Right down the middle. Yeah, right yeah down the middle. that sounds about right. Yeah. that's a
2: good. Yeah. righty. there you have it, listeners. Five out of ten for Springsteen by Eric Church. Okay. Now we're gonna back up ten years okay. to June of two thousand two. Okay. My favorite artist of all time, oh. George Strait. Okay. Have you yeah. heard the name? I've heard the name. Okay. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm really guessing you won't know this song. It was. We described it as kind of a throwaway number one of his 60 some that he's had. Okay. Not one of his more well known ones. It was yeah. just, it was in a season where he was, every song he put out was number one. Okay. Just, you know, like clockwork. Uh-huh. And uh, it's called Living and Living Well. Okay. It tells a story about how he thinks life is just going great. And then he meets her and realizes that wow. there's a difference between living and living well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So here we go. This is Living and Living Well, June 2002.
1: sounds like a country song right away. Yeah.
2: Noticeably different.
1: Yeah. Had a nice little life. A little boat, a little beach, a little routine I like. Yeah. It's defi- I'd say it has more personality than the other song, for sure, right away. Yeah. Even just the quality of his voice. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he's my favorite he's for got a reason. a little reason. more richness going on there. Though. Yes, he does. The other guy was nice and smooth, but he just didn't have the, the personality.
2: You can almost see George's personality uh-huh. in the song. Uh-huh. Oh, I love
1: it. There's a difference in living and living well. nice. You can't have it all, all by yourself.
2: What do you think of this instrumentation?
1: I I like it and uh, I, I like how it's it's answering. It's almost uh, on the same plane as the as the lyrics, as the melody going sure. on. Because it's kind of it's kind of a call and answer thing. Yeah. It's not just happening in the background where you could sort of forget it. It's right there in between each line. Right. It's yeah. A conversation happening between him and the, and, and the instruments. And
2: the instruments. In particular, I just hear so much of that just whining steel guitar. Yeah. What do you think of that as a guitar player? What are your thoughts on the pedal steel?
1: I love I love the steel guitar. Okay. I, uh I like it even when it's not in country music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I um, yeah, I agree. It's, yeah, I enjoy it quite a bit. I can't come close to doing it. <laughs> no, strictly I've actually tried it player, one
2: time and it is ridiculously difficult, uh-huh. yeah. 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 And it sounds, if you don't know what you're doing, it just sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. But yeah. I, I definitely like it, the, 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 the fiddle going on in there as well is fun. The fiddle
2: is very nice. Yeah. And it's just a, the story of the song is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel strongly. If, if you're gonna be country, then go ahead and sound country. There's a lot of modern country music that seems like it's just uh, you could hear it on, on any other station except the vocals sound kind of country. Yep. Uh, there you go. So I like it to be to actually sound, you know, not just talk about the nostalgia, but actually feel the nostalgia. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe I'm speaking too soon, but the previous songs seem like I mean going with. It's very nostalgic song.
2: Yep, about Springsteen, but and it didn't
1: feel nostalgic or sound nostalgic. It just kind of no, sounded didn't. vanilla. But this kind of takes you, puts itself in a category like where you're you're thinking about the dirt road that you never lived on, but you feel nostalgic for it anyway.
2: That's right. <laughs> I relate to that growing up where I did. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's uh, let's keep keep moving on here. That was June 2002. Living and living well from George Strait. Zero, you hate it. Oh. Ten, you love it.
1: Um, I'll go with a seven on that one. All right. right, we're yeah. We've moved up a little bit. Okay.
2: I'm with you. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. I love it just because it's George, but it's not mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs of his. Sure. Songs. Yeah. All right. Shall we keep on moving back? Sure. So this, oh, yeah, typically we do two songs right. and then an honorable mention, like one that was the same week, month, and, uh, and year, but of a different decade that just wouldn't make talking about. Typically it's two songs in the challenge, but this was too good. Mm-hmm. Of the three, we couldn't not do it. Okay. So going back to June 1992, ah. the debut hit single, first one ever, out of the gate for an artist named Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay. And the song is called Achy Breaky Heart. Oh, yes. <laughs> what do you mean by oh, yes? I know the song. Well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I figured there wouldn't be anyone we could interview that yeah, wouldn't yeah. at least be familiar right. with the title and kind of the tune. Yeah. 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 Can you name the first couple words? Can you say the first couple words of the chorus?
1: Yeah. Uh. I don't know see, I, we just
2: assumed that anybody could. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's Don't Tell My Heart. Okay, there it is. My AK yeah, breaky heart. Break heart. Yeah. Yes. You know what's going on. All right, let's <laughs> listen to a little bit of this and we'll see. First single. Uh-huh. And he didn't get back on radio again until this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Or at least charting.
1: Uh-huh. You
0: can burn my clothes <laughs> when I'm gone.
1: even right now, the way his voice, the quality of his voice to me, and, and the guitar that's happening in the background there, that's kind of in and out. Yep. The quality, like, it's a, it's a well matched pairing right there. Like, it's. Yeah. The guitar sounds like his voice in a way. Yeah. Which I think do you like his voice? I do. He's leaning into that accent pretty heavy again, yep. you know, which, you know, it's not what I would reach for, but I can sure. appreciate it. And I can still hear the nice tone of his voice. Yeah. It's not as dynamic as uh, George Straits. Right. Uh, not as rich.
2: What about this cool. instrumentation?
1: Yeah, like right here, I could use a little more going on. It's kind of a long break between what's happening. Yeah. And With nothing. There's kind of a, a real, like a low grade lead happening there, but it's not really. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I asked Andrew earlier in the episode if, if he technically would feel like this qualifies sonically uh-huh. as a country song. Right, and yeah. he said absolutely yes. Uh-huh. But, I mean,
1: I think without his voice, it's not quite there. Yeah. I mean, it could, it's not. Just a,
2: ro- a rock song or a blues song. Yeah, or, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any. Does this connect to any specific memories or anything? Um, this was 1992.
1: Not specifically. So you were like what twelve? <laughs> thirteen? Uh, no. I don't know how old I was. I was born in seventy nine. Yeah, so okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're thirteen? Yeah. 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 So I yeah, my first taste of country music was I was home alone for like a week of days for some reason. And I was bored and I uh, turned on the radio and found country. Country station, listen to that all week, and this was definitely in there. Okay. So it was Neon Moon and some other Oh like yeah, that, you know? that's so I, great. So I like had a short period of country song, country music. Well, there I, you go. This is definitely it. so. This takes me back to that week.
2: It was just short until you weren't home alone anymore, yeah, yeah, and that, that was, was that was it.
1: <laughs> it just didn't stick. But <laughs> that's I, awesome. It's not like I don't like country music, and to be honest, some of the music I listen to now, Mr. Josh Davis would uh, would say is country music. But oh okay. Quite, uh, yeah, there's a great band called The Lone Bellow. Okay. Which is, you know, that folky rock kind of thing going on. But sure. uh, he heard it, the first time he heard me play that group, and he he, he declared it country music and did not want to listen to it. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's awesome. Uh, I wouldn't quite say it's country, you know, but it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, There you
2: go. So we had a five for Springsteen of 2012. Uh-huh. We had a seven for Living and Living Well in 2002. Zero, you hate achy, breaky heart, or uh-huh. ten, you love it?
1: Um... I'm gonna give it a five again.
2: All right. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. we got a tie uh-huh. for Springsteen and Aki Breaky. Yeah. yeah. And then a seven for uh, Living and Living Well. So you uh-huh. heard it there, folks. Guest interview, unbiased. Mr. Paul Nunn, <laughs> the winner from him is Living and Living Well. There it is. Interesting, man. Interesting. Well, thanks so much for coming to chat yeah. with Great us. Care. We appreciate I mean, it. it. It's a lot of fun. It, it's totally awesome. All righty. Well, keep listening. Yeah. Yeah. Tell all your friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, rate, review, all those I'll things. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care, sir. Thanks. All right. yeah. All right. At this point in the show, we usually talk about the honorable mention. That is the song of the of the third decade, if we wanted to look at it that way, uh, that didn't make it into the Smackdown, but was also a number one hit single on the same week, month, and year of a different decade. Um, but this case, we took the honorable mention and uh, made it a third entry because it was just too good not to. But what I wanted to do instead was to look at what was going on in music in nineteen ninety two when Achy Breaky Heart came out because man, it is, there's a lot going on. So like, I'm going to start just a little bit before. Um, uh, let's go back to December of, of 91. You got next broken heart from Brooks and Dunn, Love me by Colin Ray sticks and stones by Tracy Lawrence. What she's doing now by Garth straight tequila night by John Anderson. Is there life out there by Reba neon moon from Brooks and Dunn, Some girls do from Sawyer Brown. Then you have a, you break your heart. Then you've got the river, from Garth, then you got Boot Scoot and Boogie. They, oh, man, yeah, you've got, uh, <laughs> what? You're, you're just spiraling. Well, it's so good. Alabama, I'm in a hurry, came right after. George Strait, Across My Heart. Oh, Don't Let Our Love slip away. Uh, start Slipping Away from Vince Gill. Dude, ninety like late 91 to early 93 was just a great time of music. Just jam after jam after jam. Those are all
0: great honorable mentions. Country music specifically. Right. Actually, I'm uh, just checking out the the billboard list of the top 100 songs of 1992. Okay. uh, Because we mentioned that uh, Achy Breaky hit number four on the Hot 100. uh, Actually ended the year at number 15 for the top songs of the year. Okay. So, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, number one was End of the Road by Boys to Men. Great song. Number two, Baby Got Back. <laughs> and then Jump. <laughs> Baby like Got Chris Back, Cruth.
2: for some reason, is a lot is similar to Icky Breaky Heart, not in song or structure, but in the viral nature of it. Yeah, it's yeah. just
0: held on for <laughs> 25 years now. Even though it's really dumb. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's That seems to be the key. The dumber the song, the longer it lasts. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And
2: then I'm looking at, uh, well, it doesn't matter. I'm looking at the charts for 2002 around when George Strait put out this one. And there, there is some good stuff at the end of Oh one to the, uh, kind of middle of, of, uh, Oh two. There's a lot of good songs. Where were you in the world? Stop turning from nine 11. Toby Keith. I want to talk about me. Um, Tim McGraw, cowboy and me, uh, Martina blessed Chris Cagle, breathe in, breathe out. Toby, uh, Toby Keith, my list drive courtesy of the red white and blue uh kenny chesney the good stuff was a great one daryl worley i miss my friend diamond rio beautiful mess Keith urban somebody like you was his first big one so these these were good i don't know the beginning of decades have been pretty good maybe they do that strategically they being like the industry <laughs> i digress the machine if this makes it through editing it'll be a miracle <laughs> um anyway uh so yeah that's the honorable mention what do you want to talk about next episode? Oh, man. Who knows? I got some ideas. Who knows? I'll throw some stuff out there. We'll talk about it in between, but I'm going to call it right now. I'm calling it Popcorn Chicken.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We did We did talk about the Popcorn Chicken. I'm calling it Popcorn Chicken. Which is, you know, I don't know if you're aware of the, the ongoing uh, debate over who makes the best chicken sandwich, but I feel hmm. like, like uh, right now is the time to... To add popcorn chicken to the discussion.
2: Okay. Who do do you think makes the best chicken
0: sandwich? Uh, Well, for my money, I got to go with Chick-fil-A. Okay. Uh, I love some Chick-fil-A. I've only had it twice in my life. I think, uh, you know, and a lot of this stuff doesn't exist in our part of the world, but a lot of, like, the conversation kind of centers around Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's versus Zaxby's and, you know, so... Man. We, we just don't have the exposure that we need to really weigh in on the topic, so we're going to go with Popcorn Chicken instead. That's the title. So, listeners, stand by. we got a good one. It's only two
2: next time, but uh, Popcorn Chicken is what it's going to be. Um, thanks for hanging in there with us, and um, get in touch with us. You can email countrysmackdown at gmail.com or hit us up on the Facebook page. Facebook. Uh, it's just Country Smackdown is the name of the page. Check it out and uh, let us know what we should be listening to. Let us know if you agree or disagree. Um, and Mr. Baker, you're working on
0: a Spotify playlist-ish. Yeah, more or less. Uh, I'm not real happy with Spotify at this point, so I'm trying to work the kinks out there. There you go. But you, can, If it gets the
2: kinks worked out, you can probably access it through the Facebook page. Hopefully there. someday. There you go.
0: Um, did we want to mention the uh, the reader feedback or the, the listener feedback and and uh, the Brandy Clark suggestion oh, that yeah. you received? Yeah, I, real man, quick, I, like? I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about it.
2: I had uh, a I friend of mine too, until right now. listening to episode four, which was Ladies Night, and uh, said, you got to check out my sister-in-law by marriage, I think it was, maybe. <laughs> or cousin, cousin-in-law cousin Something or other Cousin by marriage That was it Second cousin by marriage Is what it was uh, Said so you gotta check out Brandy Clark And sent a bunch of songs over And I apologize Aaron I have not listened to those yet I'm familiar with many of them um, But I'm gonna go back And give her another listen From She's from the motherland Where we're from In, in western Washington There around the Tacoma area That's where I grew up And uh, so yeah No that was awesome Getting some feedback Uh, I got a text where she said I stopped mid-episode to text you about uh, listening to Brandy Clark since you were talking about the ladies from Ladies Night. So we do like it when, uh, when you guys interact with us. Hit us up on Facebook in particular. That's pretty fun. So anything else, Mr. Baker, before we head on out of here? uh that's
0: that's all i've got i think
2: well it was a joy and pleasure talking about all this with you and we will be back in just a couple short weeks with popcorn chicken thanks so much for listening to the number one country smackdown podcast
0: goodbye everybody bye bye